Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris. Today our passage comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 19. I'll be reading the whole chapter, so let's get started so we can have some room to, uh, to comment and think about what Scripture is telling us today. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord, to look, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down, and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told him. 
long chapter. We've used a lot of our time today, so let's quickly um, recap and then and make some application here. Uh, a lot of my thoughts are coming from uh, Hamilton's commentary on the book of Exodus. It is an excellent, excellent commentary. If you're looking to get one on Exodus, I really suggest Victor Hamilton's commentary. Chapter 19 begins with the Israelites coming to Mount Sinai. Uh, no one knows where Mount Sinai is. If your Bible commentary or um, anyone you're listening to says they know where Mount Sinai is, it's it's just an educated guess. And no one knows for sure. There is a, a classical position, and Hamilton suggests a second one that he has some other scholarly backing with, and it seems to make pretty good sense too. So we don't know exactly where it is. We do know that they spent about a year here. That's something I hadn't really considered. How how long they they were at they camped out at Mount Sinai. It was it was almost a year. They had been um, almost a year after Moses arrived, bringing the plagues. Uh, it's been a year with plagues in Egypt. They get on the road and they come here to Mount Sinai. We could really break up Exodus into into two movements, pre-Sinai and post-Sinai, the whole Israelite you know, journey through the wilderness. Hamilton breaks it up in, in a series of traveling, camping, traveling, camping. And it's every time that the Israelites come to camp that God comes and reveals something to them here at Mount Sinai, revealing to them the, the covenant. Um, which is, man, if you, you know, Take a second to think about the the significance of that. It's not that God doesn't speak to them when they're on the road and traveling and give them you know directions and guidance and no all that happens. But it's it's when the Israelites camp out that these revelations come about. And um, I, I think that should really speak to and kind of give us some some insight into what our own spiritual journeys are like. It's, it's when we actually take time to be still that we can know God. It would mean then that, that running around, living a busy life, preoccupying ourselves with uh, trash, and garbage, and worldly concerns um, keeps us from knowing God. So we can't know God without being still. And as Christians, we all need to develop practices and habits of being still. Um, something I'm I'm kind of really passionate about at this point in my life is being able to take time to do those things. Uh, another interesting thing to think about is, man, we're in chapter 19 of the book of Exodus, right? And it's, it's really not until chapter 20 that God gets around to telling them about this covenant. You know, you wonder if it was a surprise to some people or, hey, man, we didn't know we were going to have to make this, you know, blood oath with you and uh, commit to all these things. We, this is kind of a, a surprise. So it's it's interesting to think about it from that perspective. And Hamilton, Hamilton quotes a, another uh, scholar as to giving a reason for this. And I think it makes complete sense and again, I think speaks to our own experience as Christians. When he, um, the, the other author that Hamilton quotes, says that, you know, first God decides to liberate Israel from Egypt. He then brings them into the wilderness where he supplies them with manna and with water. And he fights the Amalekites on their behalf. And he then comes to them and says, 
make me your king. And they naturally oblige. Uh, he gives some some you know parallel to it, it's as if a king just walks into uh, a town and says, "Hey, make me your king." Well, the people look at him and say, "Hey, you must be crazy. You're not going to be our king." But no, God goes on first to create a relationship. He goes on to fellowship with these people before becoming or requesting or entering into a covenant to become their king. Now, as Christians, we're not trying to become people's king, but we are trying to introduce them to the king and introduce them to the ethic and the morality of the king. It makes sense then that we should try to enter into fellowship and relationship with people before we do that. Creating friendships and um, you know joining in common interests and things like this before um, trying to modify behavior. One of my adages that I got from um, man, I can't remember now. It may have been Wesley Hill um, or someone. Anyway, it, w- it was along the lines of, of someone like that where they said, Christ ensures that the individual has a place of belonging before requiring an act of behavior. And that's clearly not even not only a, a characteristic of Christ, but it is of Yahweh as well in the way that he approaches his relationship with the Israelites. This phrase in verse 4, this is the last thing we'll talk about as we're reaching the end of our time. Yahweh's phrase, I, I brought you to myself when he's talking about what he's done for the Israelites so far. Um, Hamilton says it, it might indicate something deeper than just a, a covenant. That the phrase may suggest that God's primary purpose of bonding with Israel is for that rapturous enjoyment of each other's presence. Before Israel is chosen for service, Israel is chosen for fellowship. I love that. I think that's a very um, we need to we need to think about that as we approach evangelism and approach um, discipleship with people and how we bring people to God. Um, and, and again, going back to this, um, you know, Israel already had a relationship in a sense with Yahweh before this covenant comes about. I like the analogy that Hamilton gives. It's like you're moving from a dating relationship to the marriage relationship. The marriage covenant entails something so much more and that you're moving into something much deeper and, and it's built off of this enjoyment of, of one another's presence. You should enjoy being in God's presence. Uh, that That's realized most evidently in um, currently, as, as close as we can get right now in our prayer life. Your prayer life should really be about just loving being in God's presence. You're approaching his throne. You're there with him. He's there with you. That should just be something we love. But it's not something we love and something we long for. We might need to do some uh, reevaluation. But I pray that you're looking to love and serve your neighbors in genuine and sincere ways this week. Peace and love.